as we continue to speak along uh, again on Sunday mornings we're having a bit of what I call a summer of vision where we're just going over the vision of our church uh, who we are what God is asking of us to do kind of painting that picture uh, for all of us because we haven't taught on that in a number of years and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays at our different gatherings we're having a summer for the prophetic we're having a summer where we're practicing hearing uh, the voice of God and hearing the Spirit of God and sharing that. I, I don't know, anybody enjoy Thursday night that was able to make it who all? I mean, it was very, very, very powerful, very cool uh, to experience. I'm very grateful for the presence of the Lord that showed up on Thursday. Uh, and just not only what he ministered to everyone that was present, but just to see, as it ended, to see the hand of God in each and every one of your lives. Yeah. Amen. And I want to talk about it. It's so cool to see. How many of you have seen growth amongst the family, your family, yourself? Amen. Isn't that awesome? And guys, look, God is operating, and he's operating in us. And listen, and he's operating because we're together, right? So that's why, as again, as a vision of the church, as we said, and I know we just have some folks here that are joining us and catching up to us real quick. When we began gathering as a church family, the Lord spoke three things to me. He said, build a place where people can belong, build a place where people can be known, and build a place where people can become. And, and that become one, he was clear, not become something that they're not, but become who they actually are. Right? So becoming in God is never I'm becoming something different that I'm not yet. It's always I'm becoming who he's made me to be on the inside. Does, does that make sense? And so we're just going to walk through that again as a church family, and we're talking about what does it mean to belong, and we're going to mix in a little bit in what does it mean to be known. I know I appreciate uh, the questions that come on the group me that ask, well, Brad, what does that look like? Right? What does belonging look like? What does being known look like? Uh, and I think we all imagine, and we'll talk about what becoming can look like. I think we can have heard that before, but... Belonging and being known are probably different to most of us, right? Because we don't know what that looks like. So therefore, people ask the question. So here in Matthew chapter 3, we're starting to unpack something that Jesus said. Well, really, actually, it's what God said in Matthew chapter 3 and verse uh, 17. Well, I'll back up into verse 16. It says, And when he had been baptized, speaking of Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And it says, And suddenly a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So again, who said that? God did. Papa God. We said last week, this is one of only two times that we see in the Bible where God and all three of his persons showed up at the same place at the same time. Right. Jesus was there physically, the Holy Spirit came like a dove, and God spoke from heaven. He did similar again at the mount called Transfiguration later in Jesus' ministry. But like we said last week, what had Jesus done up until this point? Come on now, what, what he had done? Nothing. Had Jesus healed anybody? No. Had Jesus raised anybody from the dead? Had Jesus preached a message? Had Jesus done some tremendous act? Nope. Jesus had done nothing. And what did God say? Come on, not a trick question. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yes. Listen, that's how Jesus began his life and ministry. That's how we begin. Right? God is not looking for us to do something so he can then say, I'm pleased with you. I approve of you. I approve of you. You're a good little boy. You're a good little girl. Good job. Gold star. A plus. Now you get my blessing. Right. No. It all starts. Everything in our life begins from this same place. Mm -hmm. Right? Usward toward God. But as we said a little bit last week, but imagine what would that feel like as well if we said that this way to each other? 
I know maybe for some, it's, it's kind of even a brain bender to think God would say that to you. And I want to make sure you know that. You know, God says that same thing to you. He says, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter, this is my kid, and I'm pleased with you. And that's how God begins life with you as well. But remember, we represent Jesus in the earth. We've been saying it for a couple, Jesus is what we call the archetype. Jesus is our example, right? So, um, uh uh-huh. I want to just jump in here for a moment. A lot of you guys are parents here, or young people who are being parented right now so you understand what I'm about to say when we look at our child and say you're my kid and I am well pleased you're my beloved child and I'm well pleased with you whether you you know burn the eggs in the morning or whether you don't make the bed didn't make your bed today and you dropped your socks in the middle of the living room again does not change the fact that I'm well pleased with you That's right. I love you all these other things are just disciplines they're picking up and habits that they need to bring into their world and all the things. But those performance things don't define our love for them unless that's how you think God parents you. And that's where you have to make the shift or else you will parent your kids that way. Yeah. It'll be all about performance. It'll be all about whether or not you're doing the right things and then you get my hug and my affection and all those things. That's not how God parents us. Even his discipline toward us is so loving. Yes. It is so smooth that you barely, you don't feel a stain of it. You actually go, you love me and you just told me the truth and I need to go make that right. Yeah. Right? So I just, I just wanted to interject that because a lot of times we uh, don't realize you will see it as you parent, and that will be a good marker for you to realize how you think God parents yeah, you. Very good. And if that's where you're headed, if that's what you're seeing, don't get into shame and condemnation. Just step back and go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that's where I was at, really. Because yeah. a lot of times we hear things for years before we recognize my actions are incongruent with what I think I believe. But what I'm actually doing is what I actually believe. So let me pull back. Let me go to the Lord and say, please paint me a new picture of how I see you and how I think you're parenting me. Because now I'll be able, and and as you're parenting, Holy Spirit gives you, well, he gives me pictures or sometimes words, but he'll show me, hey, go love on your kid right now. Because they just went through something, da-da-da, and go tell them this. And I'm being led, right? And and so I, I just, yeah. Well, well, it's good, and I'm glad you said it, because that's the connection I want to make sure we're making, is that many times we're good, most in our, especially in our camp of Christianity, we're good with, oh, yeah, man, you know, Jesus and me, we're homies, we're tight, you know, Jesus loves me, this is awesome, it's amazing, it's all good, until we get horizontal and start talking about me with other people. Mm-hmm. And then somehow there's this mystic disconnect. Yeah. And, and, and I want you to imagine, like you said, because parenting is a great example. Marriage is a great example. Yeah. This is my beloved wife and who I am well pleased. Working with difficult people is a good example. Yeah. So, so can you see, I mean, again, I really wanted to take the time. What does it do to you to think, man, God says to me, I'm his beloved child and he's pleased with me. Let's just do it. Anybody, is that a brand new thought for you? <laughs> this is good. Anybody, but you're like, it's a kind of, okay, good. I appreciate the hands. It's a brand new, wow, God's pleased with me. How many of you, that's a new thought? Just be honest. Or you're kind of like, ah. <laughs> Right? Now, how does, that, that. how does that make you feel, though, to actually think about that? To think, man, God is pleased with me. Lightweight. Does it change anything? Does it begin to change anything? Now think, what if we thought that way about each other too? What if that was added to God is pleased with me and now I'm pleased with you? Before you do anything, 
How would that change church life? If you walked into a place and genuinely the people you walked into the room with, they were just pleased with you. Not because you'd done anything, not because you gave a good message, or you sang a pretty song, or you served and helped the kids, or you cleaned up the church, but just because you walked into the room, genuinely people said, man, I, I'm pleased with you. Now, how many of you, again, we kind of do the Jesus side, and it's like, yeah, that, I can see that. Come to the people side, and you're kind of like, I don't know about that. Are you with me? But listen, that's what I want us to unpack. And we talked about it again. So there's four things we're going to look at in this one verse. And we're going to take our time with them. One is affirmation. You want to write that down? In this verse, we see affirmation. That's when Jesus said, this is, and Selena's been doing a great, this is my, this is my wife, this is my friend. This is mine. It's an affirmation made by the person receiving it or the person giving it? Giving it. Right? Did you, was Jesus over there whispering in God's ears, hey, can you say this about me? <laughs> God, I want you to say, I'm your favorite. Right? I mean, <laughs> right? No, no, no. This was coming from God and from his will. He was saying this of his own wish. This is my son. Mm -hmm. Right? See, affirmation always begins with you. It never begins with the object of the affirmation. Right. Yeah, there you go. Because there's a whole lot of people in our culture, and we're kind of like, you know, y'all remember, I mean, I know I'm dating myself here. Y'all remember back before there was texting, right, we had things called notes. You remember that in school? And you had notes. And you might write something on a note, and you might say, hey, Steve, will you be my friend? And then you do a little box and say yes, and you do a little box and say no, and check one. And you slip the note. Or if it's a boy-girl, hey, Selena, will, will you be my girlfriend? Check yes or no. And you're, does that make sense? And then the teacher gets it, reads out all this stuff, all those horror, horror stories of, of, <laughs> of the teenage years. And, and so, but you're there, but listen, but what is the person seeking? They're seeking affirmation. affirmation. Will you accept me? Yeah. Listen to yeah. how many of you know, how many times that rarely works well? You ever notice that? It never works. <laughs> and you know why it doesn't work? Because affirmation can't, affirmation of me can't come from me. Does that make sense? Remember, we told her a little bit of a, a little bit of our marriage story last week, right? When Selena would, as she was seeking affirmation, why do you love me? And I knew that I couldn't make anything up, and I couldn't use the same answer twice, right? And finally, I had to go to God and say, "What do I tell this lady?" Right? You know. And He said, basically, affirm her. Tell her you love her because you chose to. You picked her. She was your choice. It had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with you. Because until love is an act of the will, the one being loved will live in bondage. Because it will be dependent on an action, an attitude, an ability, whatever it is. But when we love as an act of the will, remember, and again, Remember, there, there, and we're going to get there, there's, there's the word agape, which is a Greek word, and it's the word for God's kind of love. And if you want to write this down, one of the best definitions of the love of God I've ever heard, right, that the love of God is an act of the will that is then followed by an emotion that always seeks the highest good of the person being loved. Let me say that one more time. So the love of God is an act of the will that then is followed by an emotion, but this love always seeks the highest good of the person being loved. 
And the reason why I like that definition so much is because it's, it's, it's useful for everybody. It, it can be done to a marriage relationship, a parent-child relationship, a friendship relationship. Anyone can experience this. Why? Because it's an act of the will. But I want you to notice that what, yes, one more time. So the love of God is an act of the will that is then accompanied by an emotion that always seeks the highest good of the person being loved. But where does love begin? It's an act of the will. Remember we said this, John said that in his letter. We love God, why? Because he first loved us. Because he loved me first. I respond to God with love because God, in an act of his will, loved me by sending Jesus. Do you see that? And it's the initiation thing. Remember, I, I kind of challenged us as men, as husbands. Remember, like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you are the initiator. Right? You begin. Love begins with you. That's true in marriage, but guys, listen, it's true in all relationships. Love begins with you. Come on. I don't know why I'm stuck here. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Because if you're here waiting for somebody, well, I'm, again, I'm kind of got my toe in the dirt. You know, will they come over here? And, and, and will they talk to me? Does that make sense? It begins with you. Does that, how many of you, you, you really want to be accepted? You know where that begins? You start accepting people. Does that make sense? How many of you, you could stand a good friend? You know where that begins? Showing yourself friendly. By showing yourself friendly. By being a friendly person. Right. Absolutely. Again, this is not to get off that. You know, they, I, I've been doing since being home and being bivocational for the past 10 years. I've been studying a lot of business stuff. And you know what they say, the, one of the number one things that determines all success, irregardless of industry, is people just like being around you. You're, you're just a nice person. And they actually tell people, hey, listen, if you want to succeed, start by being nice. Just be nice, just be kind, just be polite. You know, I love our friend Tony Teichmiller at, at Full Moon there in Fultondale. He has a sign that's on the little drink uh, fridge behind the, the counter, and it says, remember, please and thank you are still magic words. I think tone of voice is huge as well. It's huge. When you don't realize it, you know, you get cynical or, or uh, edgy, edgy mm -hmm. and it's just like, that's, that's an issue, so we need to, like, But does that make sense? So remember, last week we, we left you with this instruction to begin to look, especially here at church, begin to look at each other and looking for the affirmation you're going to be willing to give. Does that make sense? Because it begins there. Go to Romans chapter 16. This is so good. Is this okay? If, if it's not, we can all go home and eat chicken, I guess. Is it all right? Everybody doing good? All right, Romans. I know they're quiet today. Feels somebody uh, say amen or oh me. <laughs> amen. I was looking at Romans chapter 16. Let's check this out. Can I fix your mic? Because it's aimed right at your chest and it's weird. Okay, is it booming? We'll fix them. You hear my heartbeat for real? Fix me, that's right. She's been trying for 25 years. She's doing all right. All right. Romans chapter 16. Let's start with verse 1. And I want you to notice we're going to read down through verse 16 and take our time. But I want you to look. This is a list of names that Paul is going to start reading off. But we're looking for these affirmations. I want you to see how this was in Paul's ministry and in how he planted churches 
right? He said things like this in verse 1, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister. You know, the thing, again, the thing about affirmation is, is, is it's not true until it's personal. And you're going to see the personal pronouns here. Right? That's why, and, and in business, they actually train you with this. But that's why if you've ever received a text from me, your name is in it. Mm-hmm. I don't just say, hey, you. <laughs> right? I actually use your name, and yeah. that's, that's, just, that's right. why. So remember, we said last week, I want you to think about we know each other's names, we use each other's names, right? And again, let me talk about this. In practice, I, I feel like practice learning people's names. How many of you here, you use or hide behind the excuse, I don't remember people's names? Ouch. Come on now. <laughs> this morning, I have to apologize to Miss Tessa because I called her her name. Oh. So I thought that was her oh. name. Right, and so I apologize for that. And then you walk by, and I thought, man, I don't think that's right. I looked at Josh and said, what's your name again? Oh, he said, no, it's Tessa. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. But good, awesome, good, awesome, good. Well, I use that as an example in this way. Try. Yes. It's just about our intention. Try to remember people's names. But hey, listen, but try, right? Try to remember people's names, right? Practice it. It, It's a skill. It takes use. It takes practice, but anybody can do it. And if you write it down, absolutely. Well, again, I'm going to say, I wish he was here. I could pick on him in person. But, you know, when Tony, who is many of our friends, you know, how many of you have enjoyed Full Moon Barbecue in Fort Bell? And then the food is great. I'm not going to, if Tony happens to be listening, I mean, your food's awesome. I'm not knocking your food. But you actually know, because I worked there for a season, you know what actually made Full Moon Full Moon? Was that for the first year or so, Tony kept a notebook in his pocket. And when people would come in, he would get their name. He would remember something about them, and he would slip around the corner and write their name in that notebook in some little note about who they were so he could remember. And then when they came in again, he'd, oh, I know I've seen them, and he'd pull out the notebook and flip through, oh, yeah, Bob. And then go, hey, Bob. And then he wrote down a little note that shared something about, how did it go with, does that make sense? It takes effort and intentionality but it's actually how you build belonging. It's actually how you build these things. Because listen, as a church family, I'd like to ask you to seriously consider letting go of the excuse, I don't remember people's names. <laughs> right? And it's not a lot of pressure. It's just like this, like I did. I think, I think it's hope, high hope, and you look at me and go, smile real big, and go, it's Tessa. And I'll go, right, Tessa. <laughs> and then you'll hear me do things, it's Tessa, it's Tessa, and I said, and it's Tessa, and I called Kurt Tessa. Just, and, you play, <laughs> and you play games, and you remember, and, and you do, but you swing for the fence. Yes. Why? And you can do this. And, you, and again, and the reason I say, why? Because, guys, listen, to build belonging, we have to have affirmation. I affirm who you are, and that begins with your name. It begins, and then to your name, I attach something personal from me. This, again, Paul says, this is Phoebe, our sister. Notice the, I want you to read, see, see this, who is also a servant in the church in Mainsville Town in Centria. So I love, do you see this? This is Phoebe. She's our sister, and man, she's a servant. She serves. Do you, do you see this? We'll keep reading. And that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner that is worthy of the saints, and assist her in whatever business she has need of. The, the, you're going to read, as you read through Paul's stuff, Paul had no problems asking for help for, for himself and especially for other people he was connected to. 
Does that make sense? Right? Had no problems. I want to thank Danielle for driving to Publix and attempting to rescue me today when the battery died in my truck. Right? But, but here's the thing that I love, the fact that I could call and I said, I just need somebody with jumper cable. I don't care who it is. And we all had practice. And they all had and practice. All had, you know, and I love that Danielle's on her way. Listen, do you, yeah. does that make sense? Because mm -hmm. how do you feel belonging is when you know people will come. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a great theologically correct country song. It's called, You Find Out Who Your Friends Are. You ever heard that song? <laughs> I wish I could remember who sang, who sang it. Who? Tim McGraw. So t oh, it sounds good. I don't know who sang it. Remember, hey, remember this. We talk about affirmation. You ever make it, you ever make it, you ever make it on the game show and they're asking you music questions? Do not call me. It Nor will, me. It will be a wasted lifeline. Call yes. somebody else, right? Yes. And so, I'm, but hey, remember he says, you know, in that, in that song, he says, you'll find out who your friends are. When you're stuck in a ditch, out in the middle of nowhere, right? And they'll drop what they're doing, and they'll come to you, and they'll get there. Because listen, that's belonging. Right. Listen to me, I, I'm going to say this. Is this all right this morning? Is this okay? Listen, belonging will be inconvenient. It'll all, it'll probably almost always interrupt. It always shows up. We get there. But I, I want to set that stage because, again, in our culture, again, it's. Oh, I can't. We're too tired. We're, oh, too, oh, we're too tired. I don't have time. Be. I just, I'm sorry. I've, I've got so much going on, you know. Oh, i got to drive there. That's like a long, oh, it's too long, you know. Yeah, well, there's all, there's all, does that make sense? Yeah. Listen, and, and the reason why people are suffering in their soul, and they and they have a huge. Have y'all noticed people who they're longing to belong? Yeah. Have you? Have you? Have, I'm, I'm the only one that you keep running into people. I mean, and there's people they're they're hungry, starving almost to feel like they belong somewhere, mm -hmm. that they belong to someone, right? And, and listen, that begins by allowing yourself to do what. We're, it starts with me, mm -hmm. right? Will I affirm? Will I be inconvenienced? Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, will I, again, will I risk embarrassing myself because I didn't remember Chester's name, <coughs> but own it and go, hey, so sorry about that. I mean, there's the guys, I mean, on the name thing, there's been times, hey, George, and they go, it's Steve, not even close, I mean, not even close. <laughs> But I tried, yes. and they always will chuckle, and I say, I'm so sorry, I'll get it. And they always come back and say, I appreciate you trying. Yeah, they do. This is, this is all right for everybody? Let's keep reading. Verse 3, notice Paul says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. What does he say? My fellow, My fellow workers in Christ who risk their own necks for my life. I love that. He affirms what they... Guys, listen, affirm what people do for you. Mm -hmm. Amen again. And that includes thanksgiving. But guys, listen, it includes praising. Thank you, Daniel, for being inconvenienced and coming to Publix today. I appreciate it. But I don't know, pick... Does that make sense? Affirm what people do for you. Yes. Pub, and again, and notice, he's not writing to a pr Priscilla and Aquila. No. He's actually writing to a whole city. And he's naming people. Hey, these people, thank you. These people, these people, right? Who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but, but also all of the churches of the Gentiles. Amen. Affirmation recognizes people's influence. Is this all right? And I love this. Likewise, it says, greet, greet the church that is in their house. Continues, greet my beloved, and man, I don't even know how to say that guy's name, Epinatus. Right? Epi. We'll just call him Epi. He 
He's the, he's the pen guy. He made the pen. But, amen. But greet, but, but look, my beloved. Yeah. Now, gentlemen, that's a dude writing a dude. Men, let us not be afraid to communicate love and affection. Does that make sense? My brother. Yeah. Who is the first fruits of Acacia in Christ? Brothers, greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners. I love that. All did time with these people. Like literally. <laughs> they, were in, they were in stalemates or something. I don't know. I love it. Who are, who are of note among the apostles. Now, here's something I want to note. Back up. Adronicus and Junia. This is for my question that came. Junia was his wife. And they were both apostles. Back up a little bit. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla was his wife, and they were both apostles. So if you've ever wondered, can women be something, this whole list is full of ladies who did all kinds of ministry stuff. Yeah. And Paul named them yeah. and said, that lady right there, she's an apostle. Her and her husband. Mm -hmm. Amen. Are you with me? So that's a side note. That's free. You can put extra in the offering stuff. <laughs> Amen. All right? And it says this, look, verse 8, greet Ampelius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ, and St Stachus, my beloved. Greet Apelles, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Ar Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Right? Greet Tripenia and Trophosia, who have labored in the Lord. Greet my beloved, or the beloved Perseus. Who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus. I love this. The chosen in the Lord. Amen. And I love, notice this one. Rufus and his mother. And then what does Paul say? And mine. Now Rufus wasn't actually Paul's brother. But I love, he says, hey listen, and that lady, she's my mama too. Do, do, you, do you read this as Paul's writing? Do, do you read, and I don't want the ownership that Paul's trying to communicate that these are my people. This is my co-laborer, my brother, my beloved, my mother. They're mine. This is who they are. And then he and take care of them. If they need anything, give it to them. They're worthy of it. He saved my neck. They labored with me. They were in prison with me. We did did stuff together, right? Does that make sense? And we did things, and these are who these people are to me. You know, the interesting thing I find is that when you do this, um, it it pulls in the forefront of your mind who they who they are and what they've done, yes. instead of that annoying little thing that they do with the mm -mm -mm, or the thing that you know just is so aggravating or the they yelled at me that one time. You know, when you do this, you're focusing on who they are to you. Yes. And all those other things that we strain every nerve to live in the unity of the bond of peace. Yeah. All those things just kind of water away because you remember the point is, this is my beloved. The point is, they are co-laboring with me. The point is, these guys are doing the work of the ministry that I imparted unto them. The, the gospel that I imparted into them, they're, they're going after it. They're yes. rising to the occasion. And that far outweighs any other personality, annoyance, or whatever. So the petty stuff can go away. Yeah. When you remember this, when That's you right. think of people this way, it helps you um, re refocus your thoughts about that person. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? And then their little quirks become endearing. Right? And humorous that's right <laughs> absolutely but but I love it I mean again I'm sure y'all have that with me oh this is Brad he's my pastor oh yeah and <laughs> and we chuckle and we laugh 
listen, you, I want, this is how you build belonging. Is it starts with you. Your willingness to own someone. And you know what I mean by own, right? I'm not talking about slavery. I'm talking about their mind. Right? And I love, like, and, and they become, and we look at, and they become dear to me. I have an example. I don't mean to put Caleb on the spot, but when he was at camp, well, you, when he was at youth camp, um, there's some of our friends, the, the Diaz family, you know, they, their kids were also at this camp. And there's this one guy that kept following the Diaz girls around, and Caleb went up to Savannah, and I think I've got the story straight, but he's like, so that guy, because, I mean, it's my job to protect and defend and, and, and you know, the, the women that God has given me, and they're part of our family, so, like, who's this guy? Right? That's owning. Yeah. Right? That's totally taking ownership and going, who is that? Who is that? He, yeah. uh-uh. Well, right? That's... Well, again, I'll, and I'll, I'll, so we're having a, a young gentleman join us next week <laughs> named Aiden, right? And, and I love the fact that my band of brothers, my men here, we all got back there, and as we all do, we said, well, are we all bringing guns next Sunday? What are we doing? So he's, he's, showing, he's showing up for the first time. What are we doing? We've got to do something, right? We gotta, and, I, but I, and I know in, in private, someone said, so I'll be looking, and I'll be watching, and I'll be checking him out. We'll talk. Hey, listen, that's not creepy. That's caring. Does that make sense? Does this is this helping at all? See, that's it, it, what it, it looks like. Good. Yes. That's what I want. This is what it looks like for us here, and this is what I want us to create as a church family for everyone that would come in, so that when they come again, because we're not talking about a click, we're not talking about a bless me club or an exclusive. We're talking about imagine again when people come in. And God sends us people, right? And they're going through whatever they're going through, mm -hmm. right? And God is gracious enough to lead them to us. And they can be swept into belonging. And not just by, again, and I know y'all don't, but not just by the pastor, because, yeah, that, Brad, that's your job. But when they sweep in and it's the family sweeps them in, and they belong to not just, they belong to us, right? And it gets personal in a good way. Mm -hmm. We care for each other, right? You know, the world is starving for this. The world is literally gasping for this. Does that make sense? Just one more example. You know, Sophia's been uh, in Colorado now for a year, and she just turned 19. And she has been just like doing all the things an adult would do to go to school and to get up and go to work and sometimes two jobs or more and all the things. And so all of a sudden she came home and she's like, oh, the heavy burden is shouldered by all of us. We're making sure she's resting, eating. You know, like what happens when you go home where you actually belong? You rest, you get refreshed, your soul is refreshed. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone trying to just make it. You're not just surviving anymore. You're actually thriving. Even though, you know, as we grow, we have to thrive on our own. Yeah. That's fine. But while we get there, we need our people. Absolutely. We need those that are ours. And you have to kind of, you know, the New Testament talks about how, and they went back to their own company. After they went through all kinds of imprisonments and beatings, these apostles went back to their own company. That's the belonging part. I'm sorry right. if that's where you were going. No, we're going to. Not today, but we will. Totally. It's in but, the notes. But, you know, like, just that is the belonging part. It's just right. sometimes you just need your people so you can rest and take a breath yeah. and, and, and slow down just for a second and yeah. think things through and, and have conversations so that you can think things through yes. and all of those things. But you, can you imagine living without that? And people are starved for that. Because yeah. it's it's part of how we were designed. Yeah, but yeah, but but to talk about that again and, and where you're going is, it's why we again we had our kids come up because 
having your own company gives you a place again to rest. It gives you a people to celebrate with. Right. It, it gives you a people to go to when, again, because that's in Acts chapter 4, and Peter and John are arrested after God does a miracle. Mm-hmm. Right? God does a miracle of a gate called beautiful, and they get persecuted for doing something good. And they're threatened and told, never again speak in the name of Jesus. Right? And when they were let go, they went to their own company. And when they showed up, they reported, this is what they said. But let's pray, because this is what we're going to do. We're going to get bolder. We're going to reach out our hand to heal. And they prayed in, a, in, in an earthquake, one of those Holy Ghost earthquakes, literally shook the physical earth because they belonged. Yeah, Mr. Tracy, yes, ma'am. God. I love that. When I got that text, I rejoiced. Right? And again, and not just in because you were cared for and because we belonged. Because, listen, but also because Paul said when we care for widows and when we care for orphans, we're actually demonstrating faith. And he's actually saying when we have belonging, only in belonging can real faith be demonstrated. The world only knows us by our love for one another. My belong. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so with that again for time. So there's we see this is my beloved son. That this is my that affirmation, right? This is my beloved, and we're going to intro this, and we'll talk about it more next week. Beloved means affection. Mm-hmm. So there's affirmation, and there's affection, and as we said a little bit last, we remember. Where love is not demonstrated through affection, there is no love present. Did y'all hear that? Love without affection isn't love. Again, jokingly, you know, that's that preacher's joke, right? You know, well, I told you I loved you 25 years ago when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Right? Right? That's not love. Right? It's like... But does that make sense? So look, look, let's drop down here, verse 16, right where we are in Romans 16, 16. So that's why Paul says this. So therefore, greet one another with a holy kiss. I know that sounds weird to us because we're not a kissy culture in this sense, right? But listen, but when you hear what, so Paul goes through this whole list of affirming. This is who you are. This is who you are to me. This is what we've done together. This is this is my acknowledgement of a depth of. Come here. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a kiss. Come here. I'm I'm gonna show you affection. I'm I'm gonna show that I love you. And and and, again, and guys here and listen and I even in that whole yes through acts of service like Miss Teresa just said yes to showing up and doing stuff but guys listen. People need to be touched. Right? We need to hug folk. Love on folk. Amen? And let them know. And it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be goofy. And it's not sexual. And it's not perverted. Nail it. Does that make sense? It can literally be, hey, love you. Love you so much. You you need to pat people. Touch them. Rub their hair. I I don't know. Do something. I will say this, okay? Well, I didn't grow up in an affectionate family. Okay, I get it. But if that's the culture of your family, it's not the biblical culture. Mm -hmm. So which one are you going to align with? Right? I come from a very demonstrative culture. We do kiss on the cheek every time we greet someone. Every time we greet someone. And you've noticed, I have to greet everybody in the room because that's what you do. You don't just have people and then move on. You, you 
can't do that. You go to each individual, right? Mm -hmm. But when we first get married, we figure out what's affection to each other. There's five love languages, all the things, right? What is affectionate? And we figure that out, and we finally get all the, uh, the wrinkles ironed out of that situation mm -hmm. because when your kids come, then you're showing them affection. Yeah. You got to get it right. Right, so then you, sh you start showing your kids affection. Then you start having more kids. Then guess what? You gotta teach them how to show affection to you and how to show affection to each other. You can't, you have to guide. You can't just say, well, they're just not, you know, whatever. No, so affection looks like this. Yeah. Please give your sister a hug. Yeah. Hey, did you see she's crying? Can you go and, you know, comfort her by giving her a hug and just rubbing her back? But Guys, I'm serious. It's not because I'm a helicopter parent or because I micromanage my children. It's because I, it's my job to instruct. They, were you born knowing how to do everything? No. Was I born knowing? No. We have to be taught. Yeah. And, and you know, as older women, we teach the younger yeah, women. As older, oh, you're going there? Okay, yeah. I'll let you go there. But I'm just saying, this is not something that's just organic and everybody knows how to do it. You might feel kind of awkward at first because you haven't been doing it. That's okay. That's Bible. Yeah. And so let's 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 just again. I love what you said earlier. So are you going to choose your excuse of not, you know, remembering people's names? Uh, you know, we we hide behind these things of well, I just didn't grow up like that. And and I'm going to just say this. I understand that many people were in abusive homes. Um inappropriate abusive homes, physical abuse, that affection turned uh, uh, bad, evil. evil. Yeah. Okay, I get that. There's healing for that. Absolute healing and restoration. And you can tell that person is healed when they're able to receive affection from the ones they belong to. If they can't receive affection, it's because they're not healed yet so let's go after healing. Don't just drop it and go, well, they just can't because bless their heart, they yeah. X, Y, Z live this way, you know, grew up this way or whatever. Yeah. We, we help people move towards health. Yeah. And then when they're finally there, then it, you can tell because yeah. now they can receive affection. Well, and, and let, go to Titus and we'll talk about this. I'm going to share Titus. I'm going to share a verse in First Peter and then we'll land the plane with this because I, I do want to do that is Again, when people come in, and I'm just going to paint the picture, it, it, it'll come here, and I'm going to demonstrate with Kurt for us guys, right? Is, and you can kind of see, some of you, you'll reach your hand out, and you'll, and you'll go real close, like this, we can do this, because Kurt and I are close. But if you're a stranger, he'll stiffen, and you'll try to, and you'll get that, you'll know, <laughs> Kurt don't want to be hugged. So don't, don't force affection on people. But at least what they say is, is, is every time you go, I am going to hug you, by the way. At some point, we're going to hug, right? We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to get you used to these things. You get used to the idea. Does that, does, so I'm not saying when people come in, we attack people that don't want to be hugged, right? <laughs> so uh, please right. hear me. But we do want to begin to get them used to because they're going to walk in, and, and you'll sense, and you'll shake their hand, and you realize, okay, this is a new person. They want their... They want their their space, but they're going to see everybody else hugging. Yes. And, and then they, they realize week after week after week after week that you That's always normal. do come up and say, hey, how, hey, you, how doing? you doing? Hey, how you doing? Every week, right? Does that, does that make sense? But then as they come in, we're bringing people deeper into to that. Does that make sense? That's right. And again, why? Because we have to teach. Here in Titus, it's an interesting verse we're about to read because people have to be taught I know that sounds weird. Yes. I know that goes against what the culture says because we say things like, well, you can't help who you love. Not and true. we say things like, well, love is just this spontaneous something that just overtakes you and you just somehow know what to do. Right? Listen to me. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Paul again talking. He says, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Somebody say sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. So what I'm about to read is sound doctrine. That just means sound teaching in the church. That older men should be sober. Somebody said? Sober. Amen. Hallelujah. 
They should be sober. That means, A, don't be drunk, and two, don't be an idiot. Does that make sense? Be sober, right? Reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, should be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Can this stop right there? You run across slander, a good old word for gossip. Mm-hmm. Or Somebody that runs it in a bad, bad life. Constantly. Not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. Everybody say good things. Notice next, that, verse 4, that they admonish, and that word admonish means teach. So here Paul says they should be teachers of good things. Here's the classes that older women should give younger women. That they should know how to love their husbands and love their children. Now here's why that's interesting to me. Listen to what God just said. Now most of us say, yeah, i got to learn how to love that dummy. Talk about my husband. i got to learn to teach me, teach me. Somebody teach me how to love my dummy, right? But then he says, but you also got to learn how to love your children. So that tells us these two phrases tell us that the God kind of love, remember what we said? The God kind of love is an act of the will that is followed by an emotion that always has the highest good of the person being loved in mind. That must be taught. Yes. Love must be taught. Taught. Love is not automatic. Right. Love does not just flow. Love does not just come. To the point somewhere else, Paul says, I believe it's the Philippians, he says, remember as God has taught you how to love. So here in two passages, Paul tells us, hey, don't worry. If I've never seen it before. Okay, great. You're saved. You've got a heavenly father who will teach you how to love. And if you belong to a church body and you belong, the people you belong to, they'll teach you how to love too. Did y'all see that? So, so here Paul teaches us, God's going to teach you how to love and those you belong to are going to teach you how to love. But at the end of the day, you're going to be taught how to show and demonstrate love and affection. Now go to Second uh, Peter and we'll end with this. Second Peter, look at this. Again, am I doing okay this morning? We're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Is this helping anybody? Mm-hmm. Good. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Here Peter says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises we would be a partaker of the divine nature. And I just got to stop there, say that out loud and say, I am a partaker. I am a partaker of the divine nature. Of the divine nature. Whether you realize that or not, you and Jesus share DNA. Through the promise that he did on the cross, that great and precious promise of salvation, you became a partaker of God's very nature. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right? And you have escaped the corruption of the world through lust. There's a whole message in that, but we'll do that another day. Verse 5. But also for this very reason, right, for what reason? Because you're a partaker of the divine nature, because you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness that he just mentioned. For this reason, give all diligence. Everybody say diligence. Diligence. So now do you see that the first three verses, kind of verses 2 down to verse 4, right, is the God side. I want you to make sure you see this. This is the God side. God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. God has given you his divine nature. Do you see that? Now Peter pivots and says, now here's your side. Mm -hmm. So this is what God has done. Now this is what we do. We are full of diligence and we add to our faith. Did you know you can add to your faith? Come on. Remember, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the good news of Jesus. But once you've heard the good news, you can add some stuff to your faith. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like going to like Yogurt Mountain. Right? Yeah, very good. And, very and, good. and you get the yogurt in the cup, and then you go by that little bar. And you can add whatever you want to to your faith. Yes. 
and here's the list of toppings. So add to your faith virtue. Virtue just simple, simply means morality, morals, ethics. So you can add to faith virtue. You can add to virtue knowledge. You can add to knowledge self-control. You can add to self-control perseverance. You can add to perseverance godliness. Now notice this. And you can add to godliness. Now you'd think he'd stop right there. We got to godliness. Dang. We got godliness, man. He goes, but listen, you can add to godliness brotherly kindness, which is the word in the Greek Philadelphia, which is the word for affection. You can add to godliness affection. And then it says you can add to affection love. You see what I'm saying? That's why I say love that is not demonstrated through affection isn't love yet. Because you're building the banana split of heaven. Right? You've got the blessings. You've got God's DNA. You've got all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's grace and faith all right there. And on to this, there's morality and virtue. Right? What did we say? There's self-control, knowledge, perseverance, godliness. But listen, affection. Because listen, affection has to be added into your life. It does not just appear. It has to be demonstrated, right? So for homework, what I want you to do for homework is many of you have heard of this. You can go online and look. It's called the five love languages, right? Anybody ever heard of the five love languages? Right, it's a great book. It's an old book. But online, you can take a test. And you can take a test, and it will tell you what your love language is. You can just Google love language test, and it'll lead you right to it. But I want you to take the love language test, and I want you to tell me what you are. If you want to put it in group me, you can, or you can send it straight to me via text. And the re Why do I say that? Because where something like a book called The Love Languages helps is it tells, tells me how to share affection. Right? Because some people are like Selena... She's a physical touch person. If she wants to feel love, you got to touch her. You got to hug her. You know, you got to get a hug. She's, say, hey, I need a hug. I need a hug, right? She's a physical touch person, right? I'm a quality time person. You want to tell me you love me? We go fishing. That's what we do. Right? Or we, we go, sit together. Or we sit together. We watch a movie. We go eat something. We hang out. You you want to be with me? Does that make sense? Does that, there's other ones. There's words of affirmations. There's acts of service. There's gifts, huh? gifts, gift giving, right? So if you already know, if you already know what you are, please just send. And the reason, and if you will, please be willing to put it in the group me, so we can all know why. Because we want to be able to show you love in a language you understand. Does that make sense? We want to be able to demonstrate that love to each other. Why? Because it's how love is actually shown. Right? And it's, it's easy and flippant to say, God loves you and I love you. But it's impactful and life-changing when you actually learn how to show it. When you actually take the time to learn someone enough to know, oh, this is how I love you. Because, and we haven't got there, and because you're dear to me, I want to know and communicate to you that you are loved, that you are accepted, that, that you belong to me. Does that make sense? I mean, so Lord, we love you so much. Show us more. There's more in this, Lord, as we unpack it. Just keep talking to us, Holy Spirit. Lord, show us what this looks like beginning at home with each other, with our husbands, our wives, with our children, our grandchildren. Lord, show us what this uh, looks like with each other. Here at church. Uh, our desire, Lord.